0: since 2018 we've been hosting a beer festival a craft beer festival where we invite all of the breweries around this area to come and sell their own beer um, on uh, the property next to the creek and so we just think it is the most fun and the brewers love to come because they sell their own beer they're meeting new customers they're getting people to come to their own cities and and visit them and be in this craft beer world where there's so much cooperation and collaboration. We get to brew beers with these people and, um, you know, share tips, uh, share ingredients, and uh, it's a very open,
1: welcoming brotherhood, and we love to showcase that. Welcome to Biscuits and Greatness, where inspiration meets creativity in the heart of the South. I'm your host, Samantha Troy, and I invite you to join me for intimate conversations with extraordinary individuals who are making a difference in the world through their artistry, innovation, and unyielding passion. In this podcast, we delve deep into the journeys and stories of these inspiring creatives, uncovering the essence of what drives them and fuels their creative fire. Together, we celebrate the magic of the arts and explore dynamic fusion of Southern culture and creative expression. As a passionate advocate for the arts and all forms of creative expression, I firmly believe that the world needs more individuals who courageously pursue their passions and leave a positive impact on those around them. That's why I'm constantly on the lookout for exceptional people who are doing just that, whether they're running a successful business, crafting breathtaking works of art, or simply living life with an unapologetic zest for every moment. Through thought-provoking conversations, we dive deep into their latest projects, delve into their personal philosophies, and discover the driving forces behind their remarkable achievements. From innovative entrepreneurs to soul-stirring musicians, visionary artists, and creative minds of all kinds, we aim to bring out the best in our guests and inspire our listeners. Together, we challenge perceptions, spark curiosity, and empower each other to embrace the power of creativity and make a positive impact on the world. This podcast is a platform for celebrating the unique perspectives and untold stories that shape our cultural landscape. So if you're ready to embark on a journey of inspiration and discovery, if you seek to be activated by the brilliance of creatives who are leaving an inevitable mark on the world, then you've come to the right place. Tune in to Biscuits and Greatness and let's explore the extraordinary together. You have been doing this for a while now yes and um, obviously it's been super successful and a lot of people love to come here I love to come here a lot um, I spent a lot of time here in Salado and of course there's the creek and there's like this like location is incredible yeah I mean, hard to beat really so when you um, found this location that was it was previously the
0: theater. That's right it was the Silver Spur Theater when we moved here and before that it had been storage. Its original use was as a grain silo. Mm. The restaurant across the street was the like feed and seed store and they had grain here and inside Salado Glassworks and Wow, some of the people that were here during that time, and actually the son um, of one of the owners of that came and visited with me, and told me how there were there was an auger system, and it was it was an incredible industrial part of Salado. Um, but and some people have told me how they walked the catwalk and inspected the grain. Um, so it's really neat to get to live that with them. Um, When we wanted to go into this building, we're in the historic district of Salado. And so we had to run our plans by the historic society and of course city hall. And we told them that we were gonna be taking the building back to its roots. And we really have, um, there's grain in there. And of course we're doing different things with the grain, but it's really cool uh, to share that history. That's like a 180. It is. Turn around. <laughs> really, it is. And the we had to install uh, that big glass door because obviously, you know, there's a forklift in there right now because we're taking pallets of cans in and out. And that is more, that's more accurate representation of the original facade of that building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, I definitely love that. It's had grains and now you're using grains, but just in a different way today. Mm-hmm. But it definitely maybe even more enjoyable way.
0: Well, I think it's really cool too, because um, this was such a hub in Salado during the fifties when that feed and seed was in operation, you know, and I can just imagine all of the trucks coming and going and people I know, like they sat on that front porch of what's now the restaurant and visited and to bring that, you know, that community back and that industry back and have people really using the space
1: again, I think is really cool. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. So um, I like to ask kind of a random question that might not be on the the list of the questions I gave you, just to kind of like start off. um, So if you could have a conversation with any historical figure, who would it be and
0: why? I would love to sit down with Governor Ann Richards. She was the governor when I was a child and she was the first woman I'd ever seen in a leadership role, really like a big leadership role. And um, I've read books about her and talked to people who knew her. And I just think I would love to hear what she has to say. I think it would be a really fun conversation.
1: That's awesome. So was she one of, like, the only female governors we've had?
0: Um, She is one—well, the original, the first female governor of Texas was back in the 30s. Ma Ferguson actually went to Salado College and is tied to Salado through that. She was from Belton. Uh, That was Ma Ferguson, and I don't think there was another one. Um, I think she was—I think. I don't—I mean— check me somebody <laughs> who governors
1: maybe okay yeah, yeah that's awesome that's it's always amazing to be able to see a female leadership role especially um in in government have been very interested in entrepreneurs and especially you know women who are out there and I think it's awesome that you do it with your husband too that you guys work together um but you know I think a lot of people see you as kind of like the face because, you know, we see you and you're serving as fear, you know, we see you here a lot too. And so I'd love to kind of just talk a little bit about your background, how you grew up and maybe what's kind of inspired your entrepreneurial spirit.
0: You're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> um, I, I, I was brought on this journey, uh, like just kicking and screaming. This was the last thing I thought we would be doing. Um, I grew up uh, just about 30 minutes from here in Florence. And when Graydon and I met, um, we both had great careers and we moved to Salado to be close to my family. And um, what we realized was we were both traveling for our work and we never saw each other. We would never see each other. (laughs) So um, after about a year or two in, in Salado, Uh, probably just a year, um, Graydon said, what can we contribute to this community? We loved the artists here in town, that there were painters and glassblowers and potters and people just, you know, doing incredible things with food, and we wanted to contribute something that we could make ourselves, and he was a home brewer, so... um, it was really scary to leave you know, a successful career. And um, he left his job. He was an airline pilot, so he retired from that. And um, after a year open, I left the safety net of my job to come on full time. And it's been super scary. Uh, I, I don't identify as an entrepreneur. I can't even say the word. Um, <laughs> But, you know, here we are, and I've had to learn as we go. Well, I am a big believer in our life experiences, you know, add up to whatever it is we need, that there, there's purpose in all of the journeys that we go on. Yeah. You talked When we talked last time, you talked about Southern hospitality. I was an Arabic linguist. I, I learned all about Islamic culture. In the Bible, how, you know, you wash someone's feet to welcome them and, you know, anyone walks in your door you're going to offer them something to drink because they're they've been in a desert you know they're parched and anyway it's a huge part of that culture and that was ingrained into me along with you know having family in Georgia where they to this day there is a cake or a pile of cookies you know and the centerpiece (laughs) of the table in case a guest comes calling
1: yeah mom's like don't eat that pie I bought that for when people come over (laughs)
0: yeah yeah Um, And so, um, you know, and who would have thought, you know, that would come into play here as a brewery owner, as a food truck owner, Um, but it does. Uh, It's taught me a lot on how to treat people and how to welcome people. And um, Graydon and I both lived overseas before we were married, and a big thing that we wanted to bring to Central Texas was that European culture of going out and having multiple generations enjoying the same space. And um, these, that. yeah, these beer garden tables were so intentional. that We got them um, used, we redid them, repowder-coated them, and I love them because they're narrower than a traditional table. So we're a lot closer than we would normally be. And they're longer than a traditional picnic table mm-hmm. because we need to fit more new friends. And yes. and that has worked so well. That was all great, and, and, you know, being very intentional about the choices and even a table and benches. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. That's what I like about kind of the European concept because you do see that like just the long tables and then it encourages people to talk or share a table that maybe you wouldn't with someone, you know, if you didn't have that kind of Absolutely. opportunity. So that's, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, sometimes we have to force each other, you know, to be friendly, especially in this day and age. Um, I still meet people that aren't from here like people are so friendly what's <laughs> what's what's going on it's like that's you know that's just the way we are of course we're gonna smile at you of course we're gonna wave at you um you got slapped as a child no you didn't but you know if you were if you didn't wave or speak to someone you got in trouble
1: yeah when you
0: were I, when I was a kid and as a kid it was I was so shy I was, the hardest thing in the world was to speak to someone and now it's my job and, mm-hmm. um but
1: it's really, really important. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally off topic. You're gonna have to cut everything. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I totally that's something that I'm kind of really like we talked about, you know, previously is is southern culture I think is is that is ingrained in us and so there's but at the same time I think it's also evolving and because it's you know, we're also a very diverse population, you know, we still have some of these maybe traditions, but they come from, uh, you know, all different parts of the South. But at the same time, we have a lot of people who move here from different parts of the world, uh, especially being in a, you know, a military community. We are a melting pot for different cultures, but we still have that underlying culture that we're all kind of like is ingrained to us in some way or another. But if you look at it from like an overlapping perspective, like your previous, you know, uh, experience in different parts of the world, you still experience that hospitality in different ways so it's kind of interesting to think of like how it overlaps you know in yeah. so many parts of the world too um, so i think it's kind of a part of like discovering like well what is that today because i think it can be a lot of different things um, and so that's i think that's awesome that you know you weren't really expecting to be a business owner but like you said you know your experience and it's all like, um, you know, these little stepping stones or maybe these lily pads for jumping one adventure to the next, but all of that previous experience can still be used in what you're doing today. And so it's, you know, nothing's ever just for nothing. You know, it can all be used in, in a very positive way. So I think that's awesome. Um, and so the, the founding story is basically you were kind of, brought along on this journey that was originally your husband's way to really kind of give back to the community and be of service and kind of have your own creative outlet in a way because this is such a creative community, you know? And I think that business owners are very creative people because just like you're explaining the tables and the design element and especially, you know, creating a beer, you know, that's creation in its own way. So I think business owners, maybe don't look at themselves as creatives, but they are, you know, and it's very much in like human form, you know, this is something we look and we see, and it's, you know, very much an artistic experience in a way businesses are. Um, And I think you guys did a great job on on doing that, but also keeping the, the oldness with the newness and kind of making it all flow together and the European vibe with the Southern culture, you know, all kind of coming together. So I think you did a great job on that. Um, so could you kind of give us a little bit more um, background on your start of the brewery? Because, you know, I think you have a huge support from the community today, but maybe it didn't start off that way. Could you kind of give us a little bit of a background about how you guys went through getting your petition to start the brewery and kind of changing some of the, the uh, culture here uh, with the brewery? Sure,
0: sure. It was 2014 when Graydon said, okay, we're going to do this, and um, Salado was not completely wet, and what we found was, um, well, let me back up. First, we found this building. It wasn't on the market. It wasn't for sale, but we had an amazing realtor, and the previous owner said, okay, if you can do whatever you need to do to be able to brew, then I'll sell it to you. So, um, we found out that we had to um, get a petition signed uh, by a percentage of citizens in order to get a question on the November ballot whether um, we could open a brewery with a tap room that did not have food because we didn't want to be in the restaurant business.
1: We just wanted to make beer
0: and sell beer in the tap room. And so um, that meant you know, opening up that avenue of alcohol in Salado, there were no bars unless they were with a restaurant. So it was was confusing for a lot of people. Like, you know, we go out to Johnny's or the Alexander's and, you know, there's beer there. But, you know, why can't we have beer uh, in a brewery? So um, it was confusing and we had to explain a lot um, over and over again. We were very fortunate that um, St. Joseph's Episcopal Church, our home parish, was um, full of people that wanted a brewery. Our priest was a home brewer and several of the church ladies went door to door with Graydon um, knocking on doors to ask people to sign this petition so that we could get on the November ballot. And due to terrible timing, we had one weekend. Um, we had to have that petition in by like Labor Day and it was Labor Day weekend when we found all of this out. So. It was a very rushed process, um, but with the help of Tyler at uh, Fletcher's Books and Gail at Salado Glassworks, they had petitions out at their businesses and helped to get the word out. Um, we got enough signatures from Salado voters to get on the ballot. November came around and... Um, it passed. It it was an overwhelming pass, 784 votes, and we named a beer after that because we always wanted to remember, you know, this was a landslide victory for beer in a small town in the Bible Belt of Texas, and we were the first brewery in this region. The Waco TABC office had never uh, licensed a brewery before, so even though yeah. we're so close to Austin and all of those breweries in Austin, there weren't any breweries. There was one in Georgetown and nothing else until you got to Dallas. So um, we you know, learned as we went. The TABC office was learning as they went. It was their first brewery license. And, of course, Salado was learning, too. We were very fortunate because at that time, Salado did not have a municipal sewer except for the mm. tiny one that was at the Stagecoach Inn. And this building was part of that. So we were very fortunate in the location, not only because of the creek and it's so beautiful, but because there was an actual sewer. It's not a septic tank like the rest of Salado uh, at that time. So that sewer was um, necessary because we're a brewery. You know, we're going to go through some water and a septic tank wouldn't have worked. You know, uh, I don't know. I I think a lot of people feel this way. You know, you don't show your cards until you've got a good hand. Um, And we're, Graydon and I are very private people. um, And to... You know, share with all of these people. We don't know anyone. You know, to share with them this huge dream. We want to open a brewery. That's crazy. Um, it was a very vulnerable experience doing that and asking for help. Um, and it was eye-opening just how much support came out. We had no idea that we were the weren't the only people that loved craft beer so much and wanted it to be part of our community. So um, it was. Yeah, it was a lot putting our heart on our our sleeves like that. And we were very fortunate to have so many great supporters. You know, and you're such a gift to Salado. I I love that you're in this town and part of this community now because it takes a special person to be able to drag a story out of (laughs) someone, you know, and to talk to people and get them to talk. That's a special skill set. Oh, well, thank
1: you so much. I, I think that it's there's there's so many. I think that's a part of Southern culture too. Is that it's very much like a storytelling, you know, part of like think about like, you know, country music or uh, country swing music, and you know, there's there's so many stories that are you know being um, and so being able to to share a story is is a beautiful thing and us. Uh, and so I you know it turns out that you all you know had some some challenges getting started, but there was actually this overwhelming really need and want for what you were trying to do, and so it was really yeah. just like a victory for it you was. all, but it was hard work.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, we we got this law passed, and everybody's like, okay, where's the beer? <laughs> well, <laughs> <Get to work. laughs> yeah, so it took us, after we got that vote passed, we closed on the building, and then once we had the address, that's when you can apply for all of your licenses, And so now we're in 2015 and craft beer is at probably the highest peak for new breweries opening in that range between 2014 and 2016. So the TABC, uh, our state agency, and then the TTB at the federal level, level, they were overwhelmed with all of the new brewery applications coming in. It took an entire year for us to get our federal permit to be able to brew, but it was okay. Uh, And we weren't the only one, but uh, that year was spent renovating this building, turning it into a brewery and getting all of our equipment, hiring staff, um, just fine tuning our recipes. Uh, It really took us that entire year. So So it was kind of like, okay, we passed the election, now get to work and April 2016 was when we opened our doors to the public. So um, that, you know, that was an entire year of people just waiting, like, and I felt so bad, but, you know, we could show them pictures of the transformation and the renovation and give them updates on everything, but there was nothing we could do about that license, and so it all worked out.
1: Yeah, you had that time to prepare and and really be able to start off on a, on a good foot, but it took some time to get there.
0: Everything was a journey. Well, we were so lucky because people like Lonnie Edwards came into our lives and of course we had known him. He's a local artist, architect, builder, like just an amazing human being, an icon here in Salado. And um, to be able to work with him on a project like this was just so rewarding. We had a lot of building materials, uh, like walls that we took out. They all went to him and his workshop um, so that they could be reused. Pulled out all the nails and um, everything got reused somewhere, someplace. And he was amazing because he sourced this longleaf pine that it makes up our bar inside the brewery. That longleaf pine you can't find anymore. You know, it doesn't grow that old anymore. So um, we actually had an antique dealer come in. He said, where did you get this? Uh, Because you recognize it as longleaf pine. You just don't see it anymore. And it had come out of a house that was built in the 1850s, just south of Salado. And so this tree was 100 years old when they built that house. So this tree was here before, you know, the Civil War, before the Texas Revolution. Oh, my. You know, there's so much history in those trees. Yes. To have that be part of our bar, I think, Lonnie Edwards was really cool.
1: That is. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. And so, you know, kind of on that theme of, um, you know, reusing, repurposing, I know a big part for you all and, and you know, your um, your kind of values like quality, sustainability, community. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of touch on some of those different parts where you, you know, try to do water conservation, waste management, renewable energy, or, you know, some of those things you're trying to do to to keep it on the sustainable side as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I have big dreams. (laughs) Don't have a big budget. Uh, Our dream was for this to be a solar-powered brewery and to have water collection and off of our roof and, um, you know, but some of those are really big budget items that we just can't do that right now. So... Uh, that's okay. And I had had to do some soul searching, but it's okay because we can do small things, you know, just because you're not solar powered doesn't mean you can't do other things. Um, Breweries use a lot of water. And so we have um, a cleaning system that reuses that water over and over. Like we're going to reuse that water. We filter our water because we have to for the brewing process. And so there's a lot of wasted water in that. But it's going through our CIP system and anything that can be reused before it's gone down the drain is. And um, another thing to do, we recycle. Recycle. recycle.
1: I you know. know for a lot of businesses, they don't, a lot of times you have to do that on your own. So if you don't, you know, take that extra initiative, it's not going to be offered to you as a business to recycle. Is that kind of how it is for you all? Like you have to pay for separate recycling versus just, you know, your traditional trash management. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know a lot of businesses don't recycle, unfortunately, because they either can't choose not to or it's just not an option given to them so they don't go out of their way to try to recycle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. um,
1: Yeah. Eagle
0: Waste Disposal here in Salado, fantastic to work with. We have a huge recycling dumpster because we go through aluminum. We go through cardboard you know, there's so much and it's, you know, what a tragedy to see that go to a landfill when it could go somewhere else. We unfortunately go through a lot of plastic because we're here close to the creek. People want to take their beer to the creek, so we can't serve it in glass. So we go through a lot of plastic. But as of last year, we started selling silly pints, these silicone cups that can go down to the creek. They're reusable and it's just such a great thing to be able to offer to people that don't want to waste and don't want to have more plastic in the world. Um, They can get a silicone cup and reuse that over and over again. So, you know, we can't always do the big things. Um, There's a lot of red tape sometimes when you're trying to do what's better for the environment. And we saw that with our rain collection. We were trying to collect uh, rainwater to brew with it. And even though all of our water goes through a filtration system, uh, the state, because we would be serving that to hum- for human consumption, we required like a forty thousand dollars UV light <laughs> be added to our filtration system if we wanted to use rainwater. I'm like, wow, that's just yeah. I don't think I can sell that much beer to justify that right now.
1: Right, and you have yeah. to look at it from a business perspective, of course, you know, uh, because it's a business at the end of the day. As much as you want to try to be sustainable, but. I think those small things do make a big difference added up over time, and so being able to have a reusable cup, you know, just you know, implementing those small things and being able to reuse water, like you said, use a lot of water in the process. So, and you know, and and that's something that is such a um, we look at it as like an endless resource, but you know, we have to take those small steps to try to. Any business that's trying to do that I think is very admirable because, you know, we have a whole example right here, you know, behind us, the Salado Creek, you know, that's been here for a long time and many civilizations and many people have been able to enjoy that and, and take a part of that. So how can we, you know, also respect that and, you know, and also the wildlife that live in that creek too, you know, and trying to be aware of, you You know making sure we don't litter or go into the creek with maybe like lots of toxic things on our body you know and trying to wear like reef safe sunscreen and things like that because you know it's also going to affect the ecosystem that's you know there over there and so i i think that's really admirable and um i think any step you know someone can try to take in, in their business is is gonna make a difference in even those small things. Um, And like you said, you know, I think any business is always trying to, as they grow, you know, maybe incorporate more of those things, but um, you know, with time, of course. And I think as we get more technology keeps growing, it's gonna become more affordable to have some of those things. I think, you know, solar panels and things like that, It's you know, as it gets more accessible, then it will become more affordable with time and mm-hmm. as it becomes more popular too. So I think that's really cool that you all are doing some of the sustainability items. Um, so I think something that's um, hard for a lot of people to um, kind of start incorporating is like work-life balance, you know? Um, and so I'd love to kind of just briefly touch on, you know, what's What are some strategies that you try to use to approach, to find, um, you know, harmony in work life balance, routines, habits, systems, you know, managing your energy, your time effectively, nurturing personal creativity while managing, you know, growth in your business, you know, that's and you work with your partner, too. And so, you know, I think. I think we were talking, you know, previously, you know, you're trying to find a balance in work life and personal life. And is there anything that you try to do to, to have that or try to work on that balance? So we're always trying to find it, but I don't know if we, we ever do. But is there anything that you try to do to, to have that, that work-life balance?
0: And, you know, when your business is in its babyhood, you, you're there. You're there 100% and we've been really fortunate you know we're 7 years and after 2 3 years um we had great great staff on the best employees trustworthy responsible everything you would want and so you know when it comes to work life balance if you have employees as part of your business they can save you so much heartache and um Give you that time to make for yourself. What I've learned since COVID really is you have to block out time for your health, for your sanity. And for me, uh, I I started reading books again, and that's what I've always loved to do, but I hadn't been doing it since we opened the brewery. There just wasn't time. And so um, it was actually during COVID, the library was closed, but I could call them and say, you have any books? And they would just throw books at me, and I didn't know what they were. I didn't have any requests, and so it was like Russian roulette with books. Um, it was so fun, and I read a lot of things that I wouldn't have. And for me, that's what feeds me: is getting just to take a break and and read a book. So I get a little bit of balance there from that. <laughs> it was really crazy. We opened a food truck, and then we opened another food truck, and so. Having those additional avenues, you know, I think they were smart. It was smart to do that. But um, the additional, you know, efforts that go into running those separate entities are a lot. And so we're back to the babyhood stage. Yeah. And so now the brewery is running great. You know, I could have taken a vacation, but now I'm babysitting a food truck. And so now it's on its feet. It's doing well. You want to open another food truck? No. Okay, here we go. So, um learning to say no maybe. Uh, man, I'm great at saying no, but my husband's follow through isn't great. So, um you know, and now barbecue is almost 2 years old. Uh we expanded the trailer. The trailer isn't quite a year old, but you know, we prioritized finding great employees. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what skills they bring. It's the person they are. And so we've had just the greatest luck um, getting good, good people to work for us. And that is the biggest contributing factor to the work-life balance. And, you know, you have your own business. You are your own business. If you have a sick day, the business is closed. And, you know, our model isn't, isn't that way. And so I would imagine um, it's, as an individual who you are the face of your business, you know, it's a lot harder for you to do that too. And it, it, it's, it has to, you know, it has to be important. Like, are you able to do that?
1: Yeah. So I, I have a team, so it's, there's three of us and, and we're a team. So it's nice to be able to just have like, you know, maybe someone else to lean on. So I do get that team aspect. I'm very much like a team oriented person. Like, I think it's, it's hard sometimes to, to be all on your own, because I think, especially in a business, it, it is so much more than just one person that's going to make it a successful business. And so I've always come here. I've always had such friendly service, uh, very helpful. Like if I don't know what beer I want or what kind of beer it is. Cause it's kind of like anytime I, someone tells me something, I completely forget. I'm like, I know it tastes good, but I don't remember what, you know, XYZ is. Um, and so i've always gotten that coming here too so very very helpful and very good food too from the food trucks like i've I've always and you kind of need that because you know your beers are so good you're going to have more than one and then you're like well i need something to soak that up so Mm -hmm. probably better eat some like yummy food um and then i'll go down to the creek and splash some water on my face (laughs) and then you know so i think they're definitely pairs very well together um and so having a team, I, I definitely think that you all have put together an excellent team. And, and that can, I'm sure, give you a lot easier sleep at night, being able to know that you can trust and trust in them to, to uh, really help keep everything uh, running smoothly. Yes. History and natural surroundings. So in Salado, we definitely have a lot of... There's a lot of history around here. There's a lot of beautiful natural surroundings like the Salado Creek. The brewery alone has a very old history and a lot of the downtown area, the village has been redone into shops and artist community, but a lot of those buildings and even the tree in your, um, you know, from the bar has its own history. So what would you say is kind of the impact on um, the overall History the natural surroundings for the experience of the visitors who come here to this area.
0: It absolutely is uh, Important for our visitors and it's a big draw for people that are moving here, too They see this natural beauty. They see a creek in the middle of town with children playing And it makes them think that they're in Mayberry and (laughs) it's so idyllic. It really is and um I think it's a huge draw for visitors and for new residents. We were really fortunate to find this location and um, we want to be good stewards of it. You, You mentioned the wildlife, you know we have the protected salamander species here and every month or so Texas Parks and Wildlife come and they do surveys of the different springs looking for the salamander, checking the health of the salamander and You know to to meet them befriend them get to work with them is such a privilege and we want to do everything we can to preserve that it's not a you know it's it's just it's our state you know and and it's our home um you know how lucky how lucky are we to be here i was walking this morning with my dog around mill creek and i'm just thinking this is so perfect it is so, what a privilege to get to live here and work here, and, you know, we want to do our best by our neighbors and the, you know, the people that could potentially come here, too.
1: I 100% agree. I think for anyone who's an outdoor enthusiast, um, it's it's definitely a, a natural wonderland, um, and there's so many, there's so many attractions in this area. Of course, the brewery is a is becoming a a huge hub for the community. There's so many community events that you host here, uh, live music, um, different festivals that you have, that you host here. Um, Could you kind of tell us a little bit about some of the upcoming events and uh, festivals that you're going to be hosting here at the brewery? Sure.
0: We have a weekly farmer's market that we've been doing for five years, and this Salado Farmers Market every Saturday, uh, every Saturday morning, we have the sweetest vendors: bread, mushrooms, vegetables, salsas, jellies, Um, even even, honey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Feed my sheep. An organization in Temple is now coming every other week too, with um, you know they serve the homeless population and they teach them skills and help them find jobs and homes and. They're coming out every other week for the farmers market, selling pickles and jams and handmade, like crocheted items, and you know to be part of that is so special. But we saw a surge during COVID where you know people couldn't shop in the grocery store, and so this, this farmers market was so essential. And you know when you support these local makers and growers your money is going directly back into your own backyard too. So I just, um, you know, what's a brewery doing with a farmer's market? But um, we we have the space for it and we're passionate about our local population and supporting each other. So um, I feel like the events that we've done since we've been open have been a means to introduce more people to craft beer When we first opened, we did a lot of beer education, just what is a lager? What is, you know, what is a stout? (laughs) Yes, Um, and we have, you know, as the local palate has changed, we've added more options to our beer menu and we're starting to get a little crazy, but um, not, you know, but anyway. So, but being a space where people feel comfortable, where it's not a bar, where it's not rowdy, Um, where you feel comfortable with your, you know, bringing your grandmother or bringing your son. Um, It was always really important to us. And so these
1: events and festivals are a way to normalize craft beer. Yeah, absolutely. The the farmer's market is amazing and being able to bring more, have a space for more local vendors to get their name out there, local businesses too, local agriculture, you know, so important. Um, What about some of the other events that you have coming?
0: Sure. Um, This summer will be our, we had to skip because of COVID, but since 2018, we've been hosting a beer festival, a craft beer festival, where we invite all of the breweries around this area to come and sell their own beer um, on uh, the property next to the creek. And so we just think it is the most fun. And the brewers love to come because they sell their own beer, they're meeting new customers. They're getting people to come to their own cities and, and visit them. And uh, we just feel so lucky and privileged to be in this craft beer world where there's so much cooperation and collaboration. We get to brew beers with these people and, um, you know, share tips, uh, share ingredients, and uh, it's a very open, welcoming brotherhood. And we love to showcase that and i think it's great salada was a great location for that because of the creek because of all of you know the artists and tourist places that they can go the the great food um the shops up and down main street so um that's really cool and you know some people have come as vendors to these festivals and now they've opened brick and mortar shops and wow. it's the coolest thing to see that, that happen, where they just started with a little booth or a tent or a trailer, and now they're here with an actual brick and mortar store. And to be a part of that small business growing is such a privilege. We had a pizza festival earlier this year. It was our first. It was so good. Yes, the Texas Pizza Festival. And, you know, we're in the middle of Texas. Let's call it the Texas Pizza Fest. We invited wood-fired pizza trucks to come And similar to the beer festival, you know, this is a community of artisans. You know, we're we're making sourdough. Like the sourdough is so special. It's five years old, because that's how long we've been feeding it and making our pizzas with it. And so these other trucks are doing similar things, but we're all, you know, using different ingredients or different techniques. And to be able to showcase that and have people come and get to taste everything was so much fun. We had a pizza tossing contest, a pizza stretching contest. And I think it was just so fun for the community. And it was probably one of our most successful events ever. We got really lucky with the weather,
1: but- It uh, did have
0: a great turnout.
1: Yeah, can you tell us when the beer festival is? It's Father's Day weekend,
0: June 17th. Okay. We have a, about a dozen or so breweries coming and they'll be here 11 a.m. till 5 or 6 p.m. And uh, you just there's general admission, free entry, and you buy your own beer so there is a vip option the vip option gets you exclusive access to the tap room where there's air conditioning and indoor plumbing so you also get some food and beer pairings you get to talk with the brewers always
1: worth to do vip 100 it
0: absolutely is and this year for the first time i have some of the designers that did our cans and some of the other breweries artwork they're coming to talk about the art of craft beer because when it comes to craft beer, you know, it's kind of like a book. Uh, sometimes I'll choose a book just because of the cover. It's the same with, you know, craft beverages and um, the, the can design can be so important or the bottle design. So we're gonna talk to those designers about what they put into their work and their, their process. So I think that'll be really exciting for
1: people. Oh, that is. And where are some of the local places, say, if someone's not here in Salado, where they can go and buy your beer? Are there uh, quite oh. a few local? Here in Salado
0: or, like, um, abroad? Like Yeah, just okay, like, say, yeah,
1: yeah, like, so definitely can buy cans of beer here at the brewery to mm-hmm. take with you. Yes. And then, you know, uh, do you all go to, like, specific liquor stores yes. in Uh, say Temple, Belton, yes, Copper's Cove.
0: Yes, so um, here in Salado we are in Brookshire Brothers and Village Spirits and then we're distributing from really like North Georgetown to Waco so you can find us in Specs, Twin Liquors, HEBs and in Belton Speedy Stop is a great location to find our beer and other beers the, that owner of the Speedy Stop right there in downtown Belton has done a phenomenal job bringing different craft beers to Belton. That's
1: a wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so that is, we've gotten through a lot of different uh, information about the history and um, some of the other community growth and success. Um, so, in this area, um, there's definitely a lot of attractions. There's a lot of um, artists, there's a lot, there's a really big creative atmosphere here in Salado. Um, so I know a big, big part of that is trying to work alongside the, the artisans um, and also the, the overall creative atmosphere of the town. So being able to do that with, you know, different festivals and different activities and um, just being able to kind of bring in that whole community aspect here at the brewery is kind of like a hub area. So that's, that's really awesome that you all are doing that. Um, that's really all the questions that I have. Um, you know, what's kind of neat
0: when you talk about the artists here in town is how there's a few we've been able to get to work with, like Mm -hmm. Michael Pritchett. He's a painter. Sometimes when there's live music here, he'll come and do a live painting during the, the concert and it's really cool cause he's working, he'd be working in a studio otherwise he comes and brings it here and it's so entertaining to watch and, awesome. and sometimes he sells that painting before it's even done. Someone's just enjoying it so much. And then over at Glassworks we, um, sometimes we use their glassware for special release beers and you know, we went to him when we first opened and we said, can you make this glass? So it was a goblet a ring of color. And then when we brewed our first Pilsner, he made a special Pilsner glass just for that. And so to collaborate with them is a lot of fun. Oh, over at Benton's, the jewelry store, Bob took one of our cans and he made a bracelet around it. Isn't that cool?
1: That's amazing. Isn't that cool? That's
0: amazing. So um, they're just, it's really fun when you can work with these people, like whatever they're doing, they're just doing it. And we're, we're just doing it and it's so it's so rewarding to get to be in an environment where people are, are encouraging each other.
1: Absolutely and and I love that the beer festival is about that inclusion of all, all different businesses because it's a it's an overall community effort you know and there's so much abundance for everyone we should be uplifting each other supporting each other and and really supporting local as much as possible and in so many different ways. So can you tell everyone where they can go to find you online if they want to see special events coming up and things like that?
0: Sure, our website, barrowbrewing.com has all of our like upcoming uh, music listed on it as well as the bigger events and the recurring events. One thing, you know, I have to mention it. We have There's a run club and a cycling club that meet here does that happen it's just it's amazing they've been meeting here since almost since we opened and this group like it changes you know some some people move away some people come in and they just you know if you're new to the area you don't have to run you can walk um you know you know you do have to have a bicycle but it's it's a no drop ride it's a social ride so you're not going to kill yourself um but you know just these people it's just so beautiful you know, um, and you can be a total introvert. That's okay. Introverts love beer, but great people watching. You know, <laughs> great people watching here at the brewery, uh, and it's just so neat to see how pe- people come together. All you need is an excuse. Um, I'm sorry. You Bad. asked. Me, did you ask me something? Where? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, online. Yes. Okay. We're so we have barrowbrewing.com with everything listed. And the recurring events like the Run Club and um, Name That Tune Bingo. And uh, then we're on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is at Barrow Beer and Facebook is Barrow Brewing Company. And if you're not in this area but you want a silly pint because you like the idea of re- reusable, microwavable, and dishwasher safe, um, we have those silly pints on our online store too.
1: Okay, wonderful thank you so much katie it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and just getting to know more about the background and the fun events coming up and i really appreciate your time today
0: i feel like we're just getting started dang it <laughs> can i tell you about something that's really neat yes please. okay so when we were renovating the brewery uh we were installing security cameras because that's important when you're a small business owner and we had this big door right here And we were in the back, looking at the cameras, you know, adjusting things, making sure we could see what we needed to see, and it was nighttime, and all of a sudden, we saw, this is 2015, okay, so think about 2015, we saw lights walking across our driveway, torches walking across our driveway, and of course, that year Walking Dead was all of us watching like that and some vampire show we were just gorging ourselves on those things and so immediately they oh my god it's happening <laughs> like why are torches walking across our driveway so we run up to the front of the brewery we're like peeking around just trying not to be seen but look through that big glass door and it's just torch after torch after torch. like these people they just keep coming and then I see a kilt and then i see another kilt <laughs> and i realized this is the calling of the clans it's the scottish gathering that happens every year in oh. november in salado uh they were marching from the museum across the brewery down to the creek for the calling of the clans oh
1: my gosh and
0: i just i had goosebumps and then i was so relieved you know it was just like I'll I got never goosebumps when you were
1: telling me that. I was like, oh my gosh, is that like the, <laughs> the past people from Salado? Yes, exactly. Like,
0: like, like there's College Hill. There are all these haunted
1: stories.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was so scared. So anyway, we, we left the brewery and we came down here. They <laughs> gathered around the big oak tree and they did the calling. And it was so beautiful. And they still do it every November here. It's kind of, um, it's growing every year. It continues to grow. It's the oldest Scottish gathering and Highland Games in the state. And um, we're we're so glad to be part of it every November. It's very very cool. It's very
1: cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. One of my favorite um, that song, the the hill uh, the hills of Loch Lamond. I don't I know that it. song. Oh, ye take the high road, and I'll take the low road, and we'll meet uh, together. Or oh, gosh, I forgot. How it goes um, but it's a beautiful song um <laughs> ye take the high road and i'll take the low road and we'll meet in scotland for me and my true love shall never meet again on the bonny, bonny banks of loch lomond
0: you're hired you're hired. We're going to bring you Gotta for the calling to- <laughs> of the clans next year. <laughs> I'll
1: do it. That was I'll do it. beautiful. I'll do the, like a flowing dress in the creek. Yeah. And, yes. 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 And the torch, of course. Yes. Yeah. are a way to normalize
0: craft beer
1: yeah absolutely yeah. The, the farmers market is amazing and being able to bring more have a space for more local vendors to get their name out there local businesses too, local agriculture you know so important um what about some of the other events that you have coming up here
0: sure um this summer will be our we had to skip because of covid but Since 2018, we've been hosting a beer festival, a craft beer festival, where we invite all of the breweries around this area to come and sell their own beer um, on uh, the property next to the creek. And so we just think it is the most fun. And the brewers love to come because they sell their own beer, they're meeting new customers, they're getting people to come to their own cities and, and visit them. And Uh, we just feel so lucky and privileged to be in this craft beer world where there's so much cooperation and collaboration. We get to brew beers with these people and, um, you know, share tips, uh, share ingredients. And uh, it's a very open, welcoming brotherhood. And we love to showcase that. And I think it's great. Salado is a great location for that because of the creek because of all of, you know, the artists and tourist places that they can go, the, the great food, um, the shops up and down Main Street. So um, that's really cool. And, you know, some people have come as vendors to these festivals, and now they've opened brick-and-mortar shops. And wow. it's the coolest thing to see that, that happen, where they just started with a little booth or a tent or a trailer, and now they're here with an actual brick-and-mortar store. And to be a part of that small business growing is such a privilege. We had a pizza festival earlier this year. It was our first. It was so good. Yes, the Texas Pizza Festival. And, you know, we're in the middle of Texas. Let's call it the Texas Pizza Fest. We invited wood-fired pizza trucks to come. And similar to the beer festival, you know, this is a community of artisans. You know, we're, we're, we're making sourdough. Like the sourdough is so special. It's five years old because that's how long we've been feeding it and making our pizzas with it. And so these other trucks are doing similar things, but we're all, you know, using different ingredients or different techniques. And to be able to showcase that and have people come and get to taste everything was so much fun. We had a pizza tossing contest, a pizza stretching contest, and I think it was just so fun for the community. And it was probably one of our most successful events ever. We got really lucky with the weather.
1: But, it did uh, have
0: a great turnout.
1: Yeah, can you tell us when the beer festival is? It's Father's
0: Day weekend, June seventeenth. Okay. We have a, about a dozen or so breweries coming, and they'll be here eleven a.m. till five or six p.m. And uh, you just there's general admission, free entry, and you buy your own beer. So there is a VIP option. The VIP option gets you exclusive access to the tap room where there's air conditioning and indoor plumbing. So you also get some food and beer pairings. You get to talk with the brewers. Always
1: worth to do VIP, 100%. It
0: absolutely is. And this year, for the first time, I have some of the designers that did our cans and some of the other breweries' artwork. They're coming to talk about the art of craft beer. Because when it comes to craft beer, you know, it's kind of like a book. Uh, sometimes I'll choose a book just because of the cover. It's the same with, you know, craft beverages, and um, the the can design can be so important, or the bottle design. So we're going to talk to those designers about what they put into their work and their their process. So I think that'll be really exciting for people.
1: Oh, that is. And where are some of the local places, say, if someone's not here in Salado, where they can go and buy your beer? Are there uh, quite oh. a few local? Here in Salado
0: or, like, Abroad, um, like,
1: yeah, just okay, like say, distribution. yeah, yeah, like, so definitely can buy cans of beer here at the brewery mm-hmm. to take with you. Yes. And then, you know, uh, do you all go to, like, specific liquor stores yes. in, uh, say, Temple, Belton, Killeen,
0: yes. Copper's Cove? Yes. So um, here in Salado, we are in Brookshire Brothers and Village Spirits, and then we're distributing from really, like, North Georgetown to Waco. So you can find us in Specs, Twin Liquors, HEBs, and in Belton, Speedy Stop is a great location to find our beer and other beers. That owner of the Speedy Stop right there in downtown Belton has done a phenomenal job bringing different craft beers to Belton.
1: That's wonderful, thank you. Okay, so that is, we've gotten through a lot of different uh, information about the history and um, some of the other community growth and success. Um, so in this area, um, there's definitely a lot of attractions. There's a lot of um, artists. There's a lot, there's a really big creative atmosphere here in Salado. Um, so I know a big, big part of that is trying to work alongside the, the artisans um, and also the, the overall creative atmosphere of the town so being able to do that with you know different festivals and different activities and um, just being able to kind of bring in that whole community aspect here at the brewery is kind of like a hub area so that's that's really awesome that you all are doing that um that's really all the questions that i have um you know what's kind of
0: neat when you talk about the artists here in town is how there's a few we've been able to get to work with like Michael Pritchett, he's a painter. Sometimes when there's live music here, he'll come and do a live painting during the, the concert. And it's really cool because he's working. He'd be working in a studio otherwise. He comes and brings it here and it's so entertaining to watch. And, awesome. and sometimes he sells that painting before it's even done. Someone's just enjoying it so much. And then over at Glassworks, we, um, sometimes we use their glassware for special release beers. And, you know, we went to him when we first opened and we said, can you make this glass? it was a goblet with like a ring of color. And then when we brewed our first Pilsner, he made a special Pilsner glass just for that. And so to collaborate with them is a lot of fun. Oh, over at Benton's, the jewelry store, Bob took one of our cans and he made a bracelet around it. Isn't that cool?
1: That's amazing. Isn't that cool? That's
0: amazing. So um, they're just it's really fun when you can work with these people like whatever they're doing they're just doing it we're we're just doing it and it's so it's so rewarding to get to be in an environment where people are are encouraging each other
1: absolutely and and I love that the beer festival is about that inclusion of all all different businesses because it's a it's an overall community effort you know and there's so much abundance for everyone. We should be uplifting each other, supporting each other, and and really supporting local as much as possible and, in so many different ways. So can you tell everyone where they can go to find you online, if they want to see special events coming up, and things like that?
0: Sure. Our website, barrowbrewing.com has all of our like upcoming uh, music listed on it, as well as the bigger events and the recurring events one thing you know i have to mention it we have there's a run club and a cycling club that meet here how does that happen it's just it's amazing they've been meeting here since almost since we opened and this group like it changes you know some some people move away some people come in and they just you know if you're new to the area you don't have to run you can walk um you know you know you do have to have a bicycle but it's it's a no drop ride it's a social ride so you're not gonna kill yourself. Um, but, you know, just these people, it's just so beautiful, you know, um, and you can be a total introvert, that's okay. Introverts love beer, but great people watching, you know, <laughs> great people watching here at the brewery. Uh, and it's just so neat to see how pe- people come together. All you need is an excuse. Um, I'm sorry, You yeah. asked? did you ask me something? Where, yeah. oh. So online. Yes. Okay, so we have BarrowBrewing.com with everything listed and the recurring events like the Run Club and um, Name That Tune Bingo. And uh, then we're on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is at Barrow Beer and Facebook is Barrow Brewing Company. And if you're not in this area but you want a silly pint because you like the idea of reusable, microwavable, and dishwasher safe, um, we have those silly clients on our online store too.
1: Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and just getting to know more about the background and the fun events coming up, and I really appreciate your time today.
0: I feel like we're just getting started, dang it. <laughs> Can I tell you about something that's really neat? Yes, please. Okay, so when we were renovating the brewery, uh, We were installing security cameras, because that's important when you're a small business owner. And we had this big door right here, and we were in the back looking at the cameras, you know, adjusting things, making sure we could see what we needed to see, and it was nighttime. And all of a sudden, we saw, this is 2015, okay? So think about 2015. We saw lights walking across our driveway, torches walking across our driveway and of course back that year walking dead was all I was watching like that and some vampire show we were just gorging ourselves on those things and so immediately there oh my god it's happening (laughs) like why are torches walking across our driveway so we run up to the front of the brewery we're like peeking around just trying not to be seen but look through that big glass door and it's just Torch after torch after torch. Like, these people, they just keep coming. And then I see a kilt. And then I see another kilt. <laughs> and I realize this is the calling of the clans. It's the Scottish gathering that happens every year in oh. November in Salado. Uh, they were marching from the museum across the brewery down to the creek for the calling of the clans. Oh,
1: my gosh. And I
0: just I had goosebumps. And then I was so relieved, you know. It was just like... I'll I got never goosebumps when you were telling
1: me that. I was like, oh my gosh, is that like the, <laughs> the past people from Salado? Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: like, like there's College Hill. There are all these haunted stories. Yeah. Uh, I was so scared. So anyway, we, we left the brewery and we came down here. <laughs> they gathered around the big oak tree and they did the calling. And it was so beautiful. And they still do it every November here. It's kind of, um, it's growing every year. It continues to grow. It's the oldest Scottish gathering and Highland Games in the state. And um, we're we're so glad to be part of it every November. It's very, very cool.
1: It's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. One of my favorite um, that song, the the, heel, uh, the hills of Loch Lamond. I don't I know that it. song Oh ye take the high road and I'll take the low road and we'll meet uh, together. Oh gosh, I forgot how it goes. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful song. um ye take the high road, and I'll take the low road, and we'll meet in Scotland, afar For me and my true love shall never meet again on the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond.
0: You're hired. hired. You're hired. We're gonna bring you for the calling to- <laughs> of the clans next year.
1: <laughs> do that was I'll do it. I'll do it. i see the like a flowing dress in the creek yeah. and Yes. Yeah yes. and the torch, of course. Yeah. we need a torch yes. for that one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Then we're gonna we're gonna have to-